0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1391, air date January 23rd, 2024. Many people know to get on the ballot, if any one of us honestly want to get on the ballot, the GOP and the DNC don't even have to collect signatures, Mike, to get ballot access. And then other people like Boobie F. and Kennedy just go beg for money from, you know, (laughs) from the Zionists and they give it to him. And then he doesn't have any volunteers. So he takes $15 million and goes, hires professional consultants for 10 bucks, a signature to get on the ballot.
1: Welcome to today's interview at BrightTowns.com. I'm Mike Adams. I'm joined today by Dr. Shiva, who is, of course, running for the president of the United States as an independent. And among all the voices out there, every time I talk to Dr. Shiva, I think this guy should be in the Oval Office because he gets it, he's uncensored. I mean, he he's so brilliant in the, his understanding of the problems and how we resolve them that I just keep asking him back on the show. So Dr. Shiva, it's an honor to have you on. Thanks for joining me today.
0: Great to be here, Mike. How are you?
1: Uh, I am doing great, and uh, being able to talk with you is a highlight of my day. So, thank All you for right. coming on.
0: That's sweet of you. Yeah.
1: So, well, um, yeah. So, Mike, you what want I begin, or you want me to go?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think what I want to talk about, Mike, if we have time, is you know our campaign, but particularly you know the larger issue of how the swarm, the elites, actually do election fraud. Um, and what I've actually experienced—it's so not just theory. And recently, what occurred was one of our really, really wonderful volunteers was our state leader in Kentucky. And and by the way, Mike, all of our volunteers who help us are all working people, either moms or retired people. Right? They actually had worked or would do work for a living. And this gentleman is a full-time electrician who, on his Sunday, you know, gets up at seven, works a full-time job. And then he goes and collects signatures for us. Many people know to get on the ballot. If any one of us honestly want to get on the ballot, the GOP and the DNC don't even have to collect signatures, Mike, to get ballot access. And then other people like F and Kennedy just go beg for money from, you know, (laughs) from the Zionists and they give it to him and then he doesn't have any volunteers, so he takes $15 million and goes, hires professional consultants for 10 bucks, a signature to get on the ballot. Every state has different signature requirements. Utah's signature requirements is about 1,000, very little. You know, uh, is around 130,000. I think Texas, maybe 20,000. Massachusetts is 10,000. And so in order to get on the ballot for ordinary people like ourselves, who are working people who actually come from below, we actually do it the honest way, Mike. We actually get volunteers. Volunteers have to be passionate about us. Then they have to get over their nervousness to go to the front of a store, wave their hand and say, hey, will you sign to get Dr. Shiva on the ballot? And the intimidation that takes place in this process is no different probably than what black people faced, you know, 100 years ago when they were trying to vote. But now it's happening to people of all colors. And like, let me explain what happened in Kentucky in one of the most egregious examples. This young man, 28 year old electrician, um, big, big supporter of our campaign on Sunday. He goes in front of a Walmart in Franklin, Kentucky, by the way, the home, the red state home to constitute, quote unquote, constitutionalist Thomas Massey. And Rand Paul. He goes in front. And by the way, he has every right to collect signatures during a, an election cycle as long as you're not inhibiting blocking anyone. So he's in front of the Walmart. And after collecting around seven signatures, the store manager comes out and he says, You have to leave. You can't do that here. He says, No, I have a right, because you see, in 1980, there was a pruneyard ruling in the Supreme Court and subsequent rulings like Glovski versus Roach Brothers in Massachusetts, and other straight Supreme Courts, which basically said during an election cycle, and if you're collecting nomination signatures and you're not harassing or inhibiting anyone, even the private parking lot, the private property of a retailer, the rights of that private property get superseded by the individual constitutional rights. It's quite amazing, Mike, that the courts ruled this. So what that means is, again, the predicate of law is it has to be Uh, during an election cycle and you're collecting nomination signatures to get someone on the ballot and you are not obstructing anyone. So anyway, this very fine, well-mannered volunteer, one of the nicest people I know, um, after the store manager came out, then another store manager came out. This is what everyone faces as a young volunteer. You know, two guys, you need to leave trying to harass him. He says, look, I'm not leaving. I have a right to be here. Um, Subsequent to that, police officers show up. And they say, you have to leave. You're trespassing. He says, no, I actually have a right to be here. And they handcuff him, Mike, put him in the back of a car, take him to the police station, strip search him, cavity search him. Oh, my God. Okay, jail him. And then I did an emergency live and I told everyone as much as I could. And I said, look, call the police. And I was actually on the phone with the supervisor. I said, look, officer he has every right to be there kindly let him go and their response is we're going to do whatever we, we want and so wow. anyway after all these phone calls came in hopefully it was because of that they let him out later in the evening stole did his they, mo- stole his
1: no longer stole his mo-
0: stole his money out of his wallet mike oh wow all right and then he had to walk back to his car and to go to work the next morning Now think about what I'm
1: saying. Total harassment,
0: complete tyranny. Total tyranny, and I think that's the right word. And now let's step back and look at where this occurred. Walmart, a company that sells Chinese crap all day to working class people, a multi-billion dollar company who made a ton of money during the pandemic along with the 600 other billionaires. The police are actively not trained In one of the most fundamental rights that they should be defending, they're the enforcement division of the United States, right? Executive branch, legislative branch, judicial. The police are under the executive branch, whose job it is to enforce the laws. Well, the laws have been created. His individual constitutional right to collect signatures during an election cycle supersedes even the uh, property rights at that moment in time because the courts, in their wisdom, actually ruled that. Hey, how else is ordinary working people ever going to collect signatures? These are thoroughfares or actually public town squares. All right. Let's let's be clear, Dr. Shiva. uh, Joe Biden doesn't even need to get signatures. No, neither. That's
1: automatic. But if someone had to collect signatures for Joe Biden in front of Walmart, the police never would have been.
0: They would never touch him. They would never touch him Or, or Trump or any of these guys. Right. Because they're part of the institutional parties who know all the law enforcement. I mean, it's one big racket. But here's a young man by himself. Now, I'll give you another example, Mike. I think two months ago, I was out in Utah because I like going and training our volunteers on the ground. It was bitter cold. I, I like actually going and collecting signatures. You never see Kennedy. You'll never see Elizabeth Warren. You'll never see Bernie Sanders. None of these guys ever do the work. So I go out there with three of our volunteers to do training. We only need 1,000 signatures, Mike. Kennedy had gone done a backroom deal saying, oh, I can't collect signatures. Please, please give me more time. And then he goes and raises $15 Mike, begging he can't collect signatures. The reality is he's got no ground support. No one's going to go work for him, a a billion-dollar trust fund boy, you know? But the reality is we actually have volunteers. So we go out to Utah. You know, we go to what's called the Harmons in Orem, Utah, collect signatures. Again, as we're collecting, we're collecting signatures. A store manager comes out. First, oh, you have to leave. I said, no, we have every right to be here. I went to get a cup of tea. And then I come out, three cruisers are there, you know, with guys with, you know, boasting like they're going to arrest all of our three volunteers. And I said, look, we have every right to be here. You may think this is private property, but during an election cycle, our constitutional rights prevail. So they then called the supervisor. Now, in this case, because I'm articulate, Mike, and I've done this for a long time, I know the law, I flipped the supervisor, said, wow, this is interesting case law. I didn't know. He called up the state attorney he goes, yeah, you have every right to be here. Then wow. he went and reprimanded the store manager. You see, but that takes a tremendous amount of effort. It is not my job to educate the police force of the United States. You see, so what they've done is the two establishment parties make sure no one. And even when they do their thing, Biden versus Trump, who Biden's thrown off here, now we're going to throw it to Trump. They make it red versus blue. That's the bogus dialectic. Or then they're going to have black and white people fighting in this election cycle, right? They're going to do race war. The real war, Mike, in many ways, is the fact that a set of the swarm do not want someone like me or you, one of us, ever getting on the ballot, ever approaching the Oval Office. So what they've done is they have ballot access, like the king who doesn't want you know the peasants coming in. That's the first moat that they've created, right? That's right. That's right. And they intimidate intimidate intimidate. I mean, you have to understand I'll I'll do an open house tonight. We have all these young people, older people come. You know, just think about if you're an activist or new activist, it's a it's a big thing. Oh, I got to go and collect signatures. You know, you got to get over your shyness. Then you have to deal with the store manager. Then the police come. You're scared shitless at that point, right? You don't have the training. So we have to do that training. But there's no reason for this is pure intimidation. And they they, they by design, do not train the police officers. I mean, to me, anyone who's getting a gun and a badge, the first thing they should be trained is a pruneyard ruling because it's foundational to the democratic system. So that's one of the biggest barriers to entry they've created, Mike. And what's disgusting about this, this was a working-class American who has very little money, who is going to a Walmart where working-class people are going as neighbors, A multi-billion dollar company who exploits workers in China, workers in the United States. And who did the police come protect? A multi-billion dollar company. That's right. Right. So this is is what's happening. The next level of fraud that they do, who gets visibility? In spite of all my accolades, in spite of all the things I've done, they make sure I never get on mainstream media. That's why I respect what you do and other alternative media people, because you give us the opportunity to reach people. So overnight, Vivek the snake, guy comes out of nowhere, a total scumbag, right? Big Pharma brown noser, says he's against affirmative action, took affirmative action money. Overnight, they make their slate of people, all of them who bow down to Israel, they get visibility overnight on the grifter media network as well as the mainstream media. So that's part of the election fraud way up front, which I've experienced. You know when I ran multiple times even though I was supposed to be on the debate stage, they kept me off. They try to keep us off the ballot access. In Massachusetts, Mike, when we ran, we got 25,000 signatures, even though we only needed 10, okay? And we were everywhere. So like, holy shit, this guy is overcoming you know, our mode. He's coming, scaling the wall. So then what they do, then the third or fourth type of election fraud they have is on election night, right? Which is a mail-in ballots and how to flip the votes. And I've experienced all of those, Mike, so we don't really have a democratic system. It is a democratic system for the bourgeois, for the elites. It is not for everyday people.
1: You're absolutely right. And more and more Americans are waking up to realize this, especially as uh, Trump you know, being evicted from the ballots in Colorado and Maine. But just, just the fact that Democrats would attempt such an action and that they would claim that this is how we protect, quote, democracy. Is by destroying democracy. Like, and and you even hear people on the left now, uh, influencers saying it's it's too dangerous to let the voters vote. Uh, you you can't allow people to vote. I mean, there's no longer even the pretense that this is a representational constitutional republic at this point. We are so far gone that I'm not sure we can ever pull it back. What do you think?
0: Well, well Mike, what's happening is the Trump Biden thing. That is, remember what I've said before and we've talked. There is the, rea- the real problems, which is the fact that working people like myself, you, and others, if we try to run for office, we have we don't have the access to billions, right? So we have to really build a bottoms-up movement. And that's what fears them, working people, us, the real us versus them. So what they're doing, Mike, is they're creating the fake dialectic, right? Republicans versus Democrats. Ooh, Trump is not allowed on the ballot over in Maine. Okay. So we're going to uh, stop Biden over in Texas. You see? So they're creating the red versus blue dialectic. And then they'll have, you know, black people and white people fighting or whatever that is. But the real, the real fight here is about work hardworking people, American people who actually work hard when they want someone to be their representative, like myself, all the other things they do because um, for ballot access, for visibility, et cetera. So the great deception that's going on here, Mike, is they know the real fights, the real issues that are going on. So they're creating this theater. So they pull over the left or the right into this fake WWE fight. They sound good, but they're not the real fight. And they want to subsume the real fight, which is really against every working American in this country. That's what this is about.
1: The system is at war against we, the people. There's no exactly. about that. Exactly.
0: That
1: now, I want to ask you, just to change the subject a little bit, I want to ask your take on the various uh, religious ethnic groups in America and how they have a rising influence and how they may shape this next election. And in particular, Muslim Americans who are fed up with the Democrats and Joe Biden's support for Israel's incessant mass bombing of civilians in Gaza, which many people consider to be genocide. And in fact, we have the International Court of Justice now hearing the case of genocide filed by South Africa, against Israel right now. But what do you think about various religious ethnic groups, uh, Hindus in, in particular, Muslims, uh, Jews? I mean, not, not just Christians. I mean, Christians is kind of like the, the default, I suppose, uh, in America these days. But what about these other groups and how they can sway this next election?
0: Yeah, it's a good question, Mike. I think, again, if we step back and we look at this, starting with what you, what you talked about <clears throat> with Israel and Palestine and what's going on there, right? If you really look back at this, you know, we have to recognize that Zionism very, very fundamental, is a political ideology, which is no different than Nazism, which is no different than Indian Brahminism. Since you bought these religions, what I wanted to, the architecture I wanted to pose to people is there are religions and there are political ideologies. Religions get people very, very passionate. So Zionism took a little bit of some random stuff from Judaism created by a guy who was an atheist, Theodore Herzl, but it was fundamentally a racist political ideology. Nazism, the same thing. Again, it said a few people are better than others. Nazism, the same thing, which took some principles from some elements of Christianity. Very few. Indian Brahminism took some, you know, pieces of Hinduism and said these people are the upper caste and everyone else is lower. And it was very interesting to watch. Right. You saw the Indian Brahmins in India support the bombing And the destruction of Palestine, Brahminism equals Zionism equals Nazism, and we can do a whole you know analysis on that. Now, when you come down to it, the you know historically, people of all religions, when you go back to ancient times, lived quite well together. Okay, very well, right? I mean, I remember growing up in Bombay as a child. Next door were Christians. You know, they would put up their Christian star. Muslims, Zoroastrians, Hindus. There was no fights like this. However powers, politicians, imperialists, colonialists know how to go into a neighborhood where people are living reasonably well, go among the Hindus and say, oh, the Muslims think you smell, right? Or go among the Muslims and say, the Hindus think you're like this. And you can literally start, you know, religious wars overnight. And those in power do this, okay? Because when they have mayhem and chaos, they can use that to control resources. The The British are the most clever at doing this. The divide and rule policy, they did it over Africa, over India. And that's why Zionism coming into um, Palestine was critical for them to control that strategic area. So in the United States, something no different is taking place, Mike. Um, Particularly if you look at the Christians in the United States, right? They've been literally been exploited by Zionism. The evangelical Christian leaders, they literally report up to Netanyahu in Israel, literally they are that's crazy yeah they're that's crazy yeah, so, i mean netanyahu
1: is a war criminal big I mean, time that guy should be arrested and tried for crimes against humanity in my opinion and how can any christian who claims to follow the teachings of christ follow a man who is a, a satanist destroyer of innocent lives my god
0: yeah so so what's happened mike is even among the christian evangelicals the discussion you said has taken place people are challenging their pastors now they're saying so this eschatological view, which is a big philosophical term, which basically means this one view of Christianity, which says that when the Jews return back to Jerusalem, you know, then the rapture will take place. Armageddon, that garbage is not anywhere in, really in the Bible. It's a very small piece that was created by a guy called Martin Heckler, then later, you know, intertwined with with, with Zionist teachings, and that. View of Christianity, which has nothing to do with the love that Christ talked about or the New Testament, got imported into the United States and taken over, particularly among the large majority of white working class Americans. So you have Israel using a philosophical approach of some bogus nonsense, Christian Zionism, 70 million of them, right? They're not Jews, but they're ultra Zionists. So there's been literally a brainwashing that took place by hijacking a religion. And that brainwashing said basically supports the chosen people nonsense, right? A racism, which is nothing that Christ would ever talk about. And and as a part of that, we have created all these religious differences, right? Oh, the Muslims are like this and the Hindus and this. So again, who does this serve? We have to look at who this serves. As long as we are fighting among ourselves over race or religion or what you cook or what you eat or where you live, how your accent is. Absolutely fine for these people in power, right? And that's what this is about. So the left yes. and the right will manipulate people as needed. And by the way, as a side note, I'll, I'll, I'll note, Mike, you know, remember everyone said, Oh my God, you know, first the Democrats said Trump was put put into power by the Russians, right? And that was proven <laughs> to be a hoax. But one of the things people forgot about, and a very good investigative reporter brought this out eight months ago, nine months ago, and very few media people have covered this. That when you go look at the Mueller report, the redacted version, you go to the original FBI report, there was someone who put Trump into power. And it was Netanyahu who met with Roger Stone. And this is a real story. It was what? Israel, yes. It was Israel who struck a deal, backroom negotiations. It's all well documented with Roger Stone. And the deal was that Trump would do two things for Israel make sure to F up the Iran deal, the nuclear deal, and move. The embassy, the embassy to Jerusalem. Right. All right, right, and, that's, and that and if you look at Trump's entire cabal around him, all Zionist hoodlums. Start with his son-in-law. All right, Stephen Miller. Just go look at the whole thing. He's as Zionist as you can get. So oh, there's, there's no there's no question that
1: Trump is completely loyal to Israel, and that that's a that's a huge issue. I mean, it's it's he is among many candidates and politicians who put America. Last and Israel first, right? And 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 you
0: and you've had one point is if you go read Netanyahu his entire life, he basically thinks Americans are stupid. We can manipulate them, and he, He in many ways, through his contacts with other Zionist hoodlums like Ari Emanuel, who runs UFC and WWE and all the entertainment, it is Zionism that has occupied the United States. So all of these liberal including the liberal Zionists who are out there with their Ceasefire Now t-shirts. And they've been doing this for 40 years. They, too, report up to Zionism because they don't want to get to the real issue, Mike, that Zionism has occupied the United States. And you don't. You can be a Muslim Zionist. You can be a Hindu Zionist. You can be a Christian Zionist. A lot of Hindu Zionists who supported the butchering of the Palestinians. The Saudi Arabians have supported, you know, they're supposedly Muslims, right? And they've supported their Zionists. So we need to understand that the swarm, the elites know no boundaries. So, and we have to get out of this and, and they want to make this religious divisions, right? Oh, okay. And, 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 so, and, and once we as working people get clear about this consciously, it's going to be very, very hard for them to manipulate us anymore, Mike. And that's what a lot of the effort in our campaign and everything we do. But go ahead. All right, sorry, so me, I cut let you let off. I
1: mentioned then yeah. for those
0: watching, if you want to
1: uh, support Dr. Shiva's campaign or learn more about it, go to shiva4president.com. And that's the numeral four, right? shiva4president.com. There you go. And uh, there's a donate button there. If you wish to donate, you can read about Dr. Shiva's platforms and efforts across all the states. Be sure to check that out. Now, uh, shifting gears a little bit here, Dr. Shiva, let's talk about black America because black America, well, I should say the Democrats are losing more and more of the votes of Black Americans. And I think the main factor here is because of the migrant invasion, the wide open borders, and the fact that migrants are now in cities like Chicago and New York and Denver and LA. And in many ways, like, you know, look at Chicago Mayor uh, Johnson there, the resources that once went to help with like uh, food banks and, and resources for for local people who were living on the edge of poverty, those resources have been shifted now to illegals there. And there have been even local protests among black Chicago residents who are saying, What about us? We're Americans. Why why are you focusing on all these non Americans who illegally cross the border while us black Chicago residents are being completely ignored? So your thoughts on that issue. Yeah, and, Mike, Mike. And how I, the Democrats are losing the yeah, black
0: vote. Mike, I think if we look back at the central principle here, the central principle is the forces of power, profit and control like this Walmart, okay? Remember during the pandemic, 600 billionaires increased their wealth by $2.3 trillion. Okay, well, small business were we're going out. So if you go to the central principle, the forces of power, profit and control do not want the hardworking, ordinary working people of the United States or even in some other country seeing that we're actually brothers and sisters, okay? They don't want that phenomenon taking place. So as long as they can keep us divided at work. So think about the phenomenon here. It has been for nearly 60 years that Democrats and Republicans have never wanted to solve the quote unquote, the immigration issue. Why? Because one wing profits from the voter base and the other wing profits at Wall Street. The Republicans profit by low cost labor and the other ones profit by votes. And this is why they've never said, OK, we're not going to leave our congressional session until we actually figure this out. And there is a solution to this. OK, And I can talk about it, but they have no interest in solving this. They need to perpetuate this. Why? Well, for two reasons, they get this both exploitative uses on the electoral process and on the financial system. But the other fundamental piece is, Mike, they precisely want this. They want the illegal immigrants fighting against poor blacks and whites. Now they can stand back and they can watch this mayhem take place while they are stealing, you know, they're printing more money and they get away with, with, in fact, more exploitation. And no one wants to step back and look at this fundamental issue that much of the immigration issue is, from a system standpoint, began with Democrats and Republicans starting these crazy wars and supporting dictators in other countries, who subjugate their own people because you know go look at chile right or go look at guatemala you know very very large imperial interests with the backing of the u.s imperial military went go to other countries we subjugate people extract massive profits for them not for the working people here and then sure. when those people leave we call them you know horrible people now my solution for this entire immigration problem is very simple if you look at the united states Let's say there's around 25 million illegal immigrants. There's a vast majority of them, Mike. You know, do all the work that others don't want to do, right? Um, and my view is, okay, if they for 10 years or a certain period of time have not committed any crime, you put them on a path to legal immigration. However, you start taxing them right away. It'll generate about two trillion dollars, Mike, in revenue. And there are other Americans in America. Who take advantage of this system. We, ha- we have to relook at what citizenship means. There are people who sit on welfare rolls, who collect disability, you know, who don't do any work, right? So you have two phenomena going. You're a set of people that are are, are leave their countries because they see America, right? They see an easy way to come in, and it's made easy because then you can keep the cost of labor low. And both parties and, and the elites profit from that. And then at the same time, they make sure. American citizens are not motivated to work. Right? We're going to give you free money. We're going to give you free money. We're going to support even though you're not disabled. So you have two phenomena going here. It's very hard to find people. Yes. to It's very hard yes. to find people to work. Mike, oh, go, try to find, go try to find. Go try to find an electrician, I, a plumber, someone to. You can't do it.
1: Look, I I run a a you know a food warehouse. I mean, uh-huh. I know all about what you're talking about. And you know, you're, look, you're absolutely right. But I have a question for you on this. So new immigrants to america whether legal or illegal they do tend to bring a very strong work ethic with them something that has been lost from most of america's youth i mean america's youth today they're just consumers like give me everything give me free handouts and stimulus and i buy tennis shoes i don't make tennis shoes right that's their attitude but you know what dr shiva when when immigrants come into america typically the, the work ethic lasts one generation and that's it. And then their kids go to public school and they become just as entitled and lazy as the American kids. Yeah, Exactly the same. Yep. I've
0: seen I mean, it. I've seen it. it, it I've, seen it, I've seen it in my travel. own. Fa- I've seen it in my own family, Mike, you know, my parents and I can work hard and I can see it my nephew, right. Very, very different work ethic, you know, and I'm not, but, yeah. but you see that in one generation when I hire people like you probably have Mike, It is very hard to get 20, 30 year olds because the parents, uh, I mean, indigenous parents from the 60s and 70s didn't even train their kids properly. Right. There was no discipline. So you have this cultural phenomenon that we've lost that made this country so powerful. Right. Hard work. Right. Showing up. Discipline. Values. That has been extricated from this country. And who has done that? The same people that I'm running against. Right. You look (laughs) at all these people they don't, they've never worked. Go look at Vivek the Snake. Has he ever worked for a living? Booby Kennedy, has he really ever worked? Has he, like you, Mike, created a business bottoms up? These people live a very vacuous thing thinking they're working. It's all very bougie for them. Okay. It's not real work. So the people who are not working or bullshitting everyone are the same people. Um, I was on an interview with a young kid called Sneeko yesterday, right? And he's like, oh, I love to fake the snake. He says the right things. I said, I said, don't be a dope. OK, you claim you like me and you're talking about someone his entire life has been about cheating. So forget what people say. Look at what they actually did. How did they make their money? And that's the inflection point we're at, Mike, this very fundamental issue of values. So, yes, the immigrants that come in, right, they work hard. And the second generation, they almost get spoiled. By the infrastructure or the value system. And I'm saying, you know, I, say, I think there's an ancient traditional thing if you want to look at a bad of fish, just go to the head of the fish, right? It is the people who are running the governance systems of this country. None of them work, Mike. Can anyone tell me what Joe Biden did to make money? Can anyone really tell me? I mean, a friend of mine used to advise Trump. He said, you know, when he was in bankruptcy, he said, he goes, I'm a billionaire. He goes, No, Donald, you're actually a negative billionaire. You have $2 billion in liabilities, $1 billion in assets, okay? You're a reality show businessman. So all of this that we're seeing on this med- media are not real people, Mike. They don't work. So if you're a young person, you're watching all this celebrity culture. You said, oh, wow, they're doing this. They're doing that, right? They get all this bling. They don't work. I want to be like that. So it is the head of the fish that is training our young people or the immigrant second generation say, oh, I'm going to find an easy way. And this is what's really, really horrible. And this is what's going to decay this country, you know, from top down. And this is why people need to know that people like me exist, you exist, that I'm running for office and we are actually doing it the hard way, right? We go, we yes. have to now file a lawsuit. We, we don't beg for money. I haven't asked one time for money on this program. Okay. Because it is not no, money. You work, you
1: work hard. I know how hard you work. You apply yourself. And I would say for myself, I work as hard as an immigrant. You know, yep. I do. I work harder than anybody I know. Now, my wife is an immigrant, you know, from Taiwan. And I was a guest in the country of Taiwan with a residency in Taiwan. I know what it's like to be a foreigner in another place. I lived in Ecuador, in you know, in South America. I was a guest in Ecuador. I had a driver's license there in Espanol. I had to take the test in Spanish. Verbal and written in Spanish. uh uh-huh, wow. I I I make an effort to learn the language. That's why I speak, you know, enough Mandarin to get by on the streets of Taiwan or China. But I see people, so many people coming to America. Now, granted, on one hand, you have the immigrants that that want to work and want to become part of the American dream. And again, my wife is an immigrant and she's an outstanding American contributing to this society in ways that people don't even know. But then there's that the group that just want to come here and take. They just want the welfare, the handout. They or they want to commit crimes. They want to loot America. Which, well, my, I mean, Mike, they got to stand in line because the politicians are looting America uh, first.
0: Right. And if you look at what you just said, your one set of immigrants are coming here, legitimately want to work hard. There's another set. It's almost like they have watched the American lumpen proletariat, if you want to say it, who sit at home, don't do something, smoke weed all day, whatever they wanna do, right? And they are living off disability checks when they're not disabled and they learn how to work the system. So you have another set of those illegal immigrants who are coming here, learning from their American brethren how to do it, you know? So you have this two phenomenon going on. Um, And and I think it's quite extraordinary because the politicians over 60 years do not wanna solve this problem, Mike. That's, I think, the key thing. They want to keep American labor wages actively suppressed. That's one of the reasons for letting illegal immigrants in, because now you keep labor costs low, Mike. So we have to understand if you follow the money, the swarm and the politicians and the puppets they have will talk a big game every election cycle. But at the end of the day, they do not want to do anything to perturb this. Because the other, well, thing, we need, right. the other thing we need to understand, Mike, a lot of the immigrant trade right coming in the child trafficking the the uh drug trafficking people need to understand a lot of this has to do with laundering of money there's massive massive amounts of laundering of money that takes place with these southern border countries where american companies there's a whole nother thing we could talk about from a systems analysis how american companies sell goods over there and bring back in they launder money so it's a much deeper problem that the politicians do not want to really solve because it's against their interests. Because ultimately, Mike, we're living with organized crime. You're looking at organized crime families who are actually running the world in this country.
1: Well, and I wanted to ask you this too. I mean, it's related to that, Dr. Shiva, but the the, the so-called free market economy, it's almost gone. I mean, I'm a business person. I know you started businesses. I have to compete by creating value and contributing value to society where the most successful businesses like Big Pharma, they just get tens of billions of dollars of handouts from the government to buy their vaccine. And then later they pay to destroy the same vaccine because they overbought it or the weapons industry or the, you know, the green energy companies that got billions of dollars during the Obama administration and then they never made a product. They just took the money, paid salaries, walked away, went golfing or whatever. And how how do they get more support from our government than companies like mine or private in- industry companies that are offering a, a healthy product that enhances and protects human health? I mean, we we are the people who build societies, damn it. And these, these other snakes, uh, I got to watch my language. These other snakes, all they do is they take money and they destroy. And that's who gets the handouts. At the corporate welfare level, as well as the handouts to the illegals. There, our government supports the destroyers of our society.
0: Yeah, Mike, look, what happens is think about it this way, right? If you just follow through and I've seen it in front of my eyes, you're born into some family, right? You're born into a hard working class family, or you're born into a very, very super wealthy family. Nothing against it's not your fault, okay? But if you happen to hit the birth lottery in this ladder group, right? Or you happen to wind your way into this ladder group. You're overnight in a club, Mike. So let me explain. So if you look at entrepreneurialism and what you just commented on the market economy, the goal was the cream rises to the top, right? You have competition, cream rises drop, but that's not what it occurs. Okay. No. Let's take this guy Vivek the snake. Okay. Goes to his parents or doctors. He's never really had to work. He gets to go to a private school, gets to go to Harvard. Okay which is basically networking country, okay? A little bit different than Harvard and MIT. And MIT, you actually have to learn how to make stuff, build stuff you don't get in. You know, 50 to 60% of the admissions at Harvard are legacy admissions, which legacy means you don't have to really work. Mama and Papa, you met the guy, right? Guy at the tennis club, whatever, right? So when you go to a place like Harvard, you're in a club, okay? Yale is even more of that. Vivek the Snake went to both. So he goes to Harvard, all right? And then what does he do, Mike? He wants to, did he actually innovate something? Did he start a business? No, he calls up his Harvard friends who we did a hedge fund with, raises $5 million. You see, you or I cannot do that, Mike, overnight, okay? But he's able to call his buddies because they're all part of the same swarm network. Gets 5 million bucks. Then overnight goes to GlaxoSmithKline. And again, to be able to call GlaxoSmithKline, Mike, you and I know when we did cold calling, it's a lot of work. Well, he can probably make two calls because they're all part of the same swarm. And he goes to GlaxoSmithKline, the number one big pharma, one of the top big pharma companies. They have a drug, Mike, that failed clinical trials, not once, not twice, not three, four times, Mike, for supposedly Alzheimer's. It's failed drug in phase two clinical trials. He buys that drug for five million, which is relatively low. Then what does he do next, Mike? The scheme is I'm going to get all these friends I know, stockbrokers, all these people, and I'm going to create a company and I'm going to hype this drug I got out. I'm going to hype it to say it's actually efficacious. When, you, when he knew Mike, it was, it was useless. How does he do that? He gets his mother, part of his own swarm network, to go get the clinical data and throw out all the data, Mike, where people never finish the trial. It's called a completer analysis. Now it looks like the drug works, Mike, somewhat works. Huh. And because, then because
1: some people got so sick, they couldn't even continue in the trial.
0: Yeah. So they took, he, his mother t- takes those out and then wow. presents that. So cherry picking the data. Yes. At a seminar, at, at a poster session, God knows how she got into that poster session, probably knew other people. All right. Presents that. And, and by the way, the poster session is the lowest form of academic credibility. Okay. Uses that poster session presentation to go on kramer msnbc and you can see it it's all out there yeah. boosts up the stock price cashes are out out 40 million and then when they do the clinical trial mike which i have to he waits two years it fails obviously stock price drops 99 percent, mike and then he shuts down the company now t- look wow. at that process and then he gets to be put on the debate stage and then he's promoted as some anti-establishment guy when he literally is a chat GPT version of watching all my videos. You see? So, So think about what they're doing. Think about what they're doing, man. His entire existence, his entire wealth is coming from the swarm network, okay? It's an insider model. He never had to sit in the lab like I do, actually do the computations, do the work, ever actually figure out some compounds that work, right? Never had to do it's financial bullshit engineering. And you can go over and over and over. This is not fair competition. They're part of the monopoly. Now go look at Silicon Valley. When I was trying to raise money for one of my companies, Echo Mail, Mike, there's a road in Silicon Valley called Sand Hill Road. The five major VCs are there. And any one of them select you, you know, they give you money overnight, Mike, you're going to be a multi-billion dollar company. Why? Because You know, and I was given funding from one of the Sandhill Road companies um, and another one. And I chose I did not want to work with them. Okay. Because I was actually making revenue, Mike. I didn't need their money. But regardless, what I found in this insider model is when one of those VCs decides to bless you and anoint you, guess what, Mike? Overnight they give you customers. I mean, you ever wonder why all these social media companies, overnight LinkedIn has got a million customers, right? How do they do that? Because when the VCs fund them, they have an entire network to give you customers overnight. You see, so you well, don't. E-
1: right, but but the VCs won't fund you unless you also agree to go full woke. You have to ban anybody who supports yes. Trump in, in that case. Over those years, uh, you you have to hate America. I mean, you have to have a value system that is anti-human.
0: You have America. to have a value, and you have to be a and you have to probably be a Zionist. Okay, very important. But the bottom line is that. They don't have to build anything bottoms up, Mike, like you and I have. You know, the first company I started, I do cold calling, right? I had to do customer service, software. I had to do everything. Every dollar I made came from my hard work. They just have VCs here, Mike. They have people who give them friends, who give them customers. They don't have to do shit. And that's what we live in. So it's this one world where people are actually doing work and another world of the swarm where they act like they're doing work. And the wealth that they make, right. Mike, is wealth circulating among themselves, which is being extracted from the large majority of people. And you cannot...
1: Yeah, and, and and they're printing money and then granting it out to the companies that the government supports. And that money printing steals from all the rest of us. Now, uh, Dr. Shiva, we're almost out of time, I, which which is painful for me to say because I'm really enjoying this discussion. But we only have a couple of minutes left here. Um, I, I want to give you an opportunity to wrap this up. And whatever you want to say to people, you know, about your website or your campaign as well.
0: The for, the main thing I want to let everyone know, Mike, is they create problems. They create sometimes fake problems. Most of the problems I create aren't even real problems. My entire life has been about delivering solutions, Mike, solving problems. And the issue that our entire, my entire existence, our campaign, everything we do with truthfreedomhealth.com, you can go there, Shiva, Numero four president.com is about delivering solutions to win truth, freedom, health. One curve, which I've shared with you before, Mike, if you look at that curve again, this is their performance. Okay. This red line is a life expectancy of Americans. Okay. It's going downward. It's been going downward since, you know, the curve started really 1980. So if you are just a pure objective person and you, and you're a hardworking person, what you realize is everything they've done is to create problems for you they never even solve problems. They create fake problems, fake solutions, which create more problems. And my history has been actually solving problems, Mike, on the minutiae plus large scale. People know in 2020, I was the one who recommended broadly taking vitamin D3, you know, quercetin zinc. Didn't, Didn't bottle it. We saved hundreds of millions of people's lives. We're the ones who expose the fact that the election systems in this country are completely decadent, elections are selections, and what you need, need to do to fix it. So the fundamental issue is, do people in this country finally want one of us who wants to solve problems, Mike? And if they do, guess what? It's here. It's never been here for a long time. People can go to shivaforpresident.com. People can go to truthfreedomhealth.com. We provide the knowledge and the learnings. And by the way, Mike, the big thing we want is, the biggest defiant thing people can do right now is we must get on the ballot in every state. We've done it before. So if you're listening, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Go to shivaforpresident.com. And if you want to give money, great. But when you give us money, I give you back many, many different types of tools to learn. You know, what is a system? We give you back books and knowledge and courses. Because in my view, I don't want to take anything for nothing, Mike. So that's what this campaign's about. It's about delivering solutions. They create problems, Mike. We create solutions.
1: Well, well said. And, and I really want to contribute to the effort to get you on the debate stage because it's no competition. If you get on the debate stage, they're done. you're going to educate America in a way that will be mind blowing.
0: Yeah. So, Mike, thank you for your support to, to yourself. Everyone support us by helping us get on the ballot. Let everyone know if people want to donate $1, $5, they can. But when you donate, by the way, you get... You know, you get tools from us—educational tools, Mike. That's what we give them because we want people to raise their consciousness, to understand how to think again, Mike, and how to have these core values of pushing their kids to work hard, and not and okay. have discipline, and all these very, very important things. That's what this—that's what truly made America one of the most last, successful and wealthy nations on the planet.
1: Last question—I I, got to hit you with this: Would you accept Nikki Haley as your vice president? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't even okay. let her around my dogs. Uh, <laughs> all right, well said. Best quote of the show. All right. Dr. Shiva, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time today.
0: Okay, thanks, Mike. Be well, be the light. Thank all right. you. Take care. Bye bye. Again,
1: ShivaForPresident.com, folks, and that's the numeral four. So, ShivaForPresident.com is where you can find out more about Dr. Shiva and help support his efforts. If you want to volunteer or donate, both of those can be useful. And thank you for watching today. And thank you for supporting this free speech network, Brighton.com. I'm Mike Adams, the founder of Brighton. And yeah, I worked hard to build this. No one no one gave me any money to build this platform. We did it with your support and our hard work year after year after year. And that's why we're here. So thank you for your support. And we're here for you no matter what happens with this election. God bless you all. God bless America. Take care.
0: We need to build a bottoms-up movement. Go to shivaforpresident.com and volunteer.